Mint, but are you receiving? Have you got your dishes ready to receive? Yes. Turn that satellite dish. Bing, bing, bing. Let's get all focused together. Let's just pray right now. Lord God, we just thank you that you are with us right now. You've promised, Lord, to inhabit the praise of your people. So you are here right now with us. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. And Lord, we ask you in today that your peace would be in our hearts. All fear would disappear because we know that perfect love casts out fear. And Lord, that your love for us is perfect. So Lord, we draw close to you. Lord, we know that as we draw close to you, you draw close to us. Lord, we come around your word today. Lord, we want to feed on your word because we know your word brings life life eternal and we thank you Jesus that you are the eternal word the alpha and the omega and you are the logos the meaning that you give us meaning and purpose you give us a reason to live you give us the ultimate hope for our future we thank you Lord that you are so so good to us we give you all the praise we give you all the praise Lord Amen. Amen. Well, today I have the great honour to actually stand up here and continue on with Pastor Phil's message, in his, the line of his message, which is about overcoming. Who wants to be an overcomer? I want to be an overcomer. I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. And because I'm connected with Jesus, I'm a winner. It's pretty good. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm a winner. You're all a winner. How good is that? Nice being on the winning side. I like the, I like the illustration of um, who's ever played softball or baseball. I know it's, baseball's a Yankee thing, you know, and us Australians go, cricket, it should be cricket. Anyway, softball or t-ball maybe. But if you have one person who's really good on the team who just always does a, you know, strikes a big run and you're out there on your... You're on your on, whether it's plate one, two or three, and you've done your feeble attempt to hit that ball. And someone comes up there, and I'd like to think of Jesus being in my softball or baseball team, and he gets up there, he joins the team, and this is what's happened. Jesus decides, I'm going to be on your team. Jesus has come from heaven, and he said, I'm going to be 100% man. He, he's one of us. He's one of us. And he got up there, and the devil tried to give him his best shot and pitched that ball at Jesus. And Jesus just went and built it out of the ballpark. Woohoo! That's my Jesus. And all of us, we took a home. We just walked. You're just going to walk. You walk into your victory. How good is that? Hey, I'm on the winning team. I don't have to hit the home run. Jesus has done it. I don't have to work hard to get my salvation. Guess what? Jesus has done it. We're winners. You and me, we're winners. We're on the winning team. 2,000 years ago, Jesus hit that home run. He took all the punishment of our sin because we know we're not that good. We know that sometimes, yep, we lie. Sometimes, yep, we lose our tem temper. Sometimes we tend to even steal things. Who's ever stolen something? Oh my goodness, you know, and you know that was wrong. I can remember as a kid, because other kids used to steal stuff from the tuck shop next door, you know, I go, 
goodness gracious me. And I thought, well, I better do this too. Duh. You know, so I went down to Grace Brothers at the time down at Chatswood. I lived on the northern beach, North Shore down there. And there was this big table with all these chocolates. And they were, okay, oh dear. And I nicked a chocolate. And I walked and I walked and I walked all the way home, blocks it was, holding this chocolate in my hand. And I got to this place where I thought, I don't think everyone saw me. And I opened up the hand and there was this molt, melted chocolate all melted into the foil. And I opened and went, oh, but man, I felt bad. Man, I felt bad. Maybe you've stolen things. Maybe you've lied. I don't know, maybe. I bet you. Who's guilty? Come on. Let's be, uh, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, hey, you'd stop pointing to other people there. <laughs> We're meant to be assessing our own hearts, not others. But Jesus, he took that price for us on the cross. He paid the penalty for us. His death set us free. Hallelujah. And now we can reign victorious. Can I tell you that there is two sides to that cross? Have a look at the cross up on the wall. Now your sins were taken to the cross. And you, were, you died. The scripture says that we, we died with Christ on the cross. Because he was one with us. We were on his team, right? Because you're on that baseball team... You can say, even though you didn't hit the home run, you can say, oh, I won. And we can look at the cross. Jesus died on the cross and our sins were forgiven on the cross. He took our sins as our representative, as a man. He hung there and it took away our sins. Now, there's another side of the cross. And that other side of the cross is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ now <coughs> lives within me and it lives within you. And all the blessings of Jesus were given to us. It's the transferred life that we have. When an exchange life that I once was a sinner and now I actually live with all the blessings of heaven. Can I tell you, that's you as well. And let's not just look at the cross on the side of our sins forgiven. Let's look at the cross and say, that is the time when my life became victorious. Yes. I'm a winner. I rule in life. My title today is that reigning in life. Not that you just get by in life. I just don't want to just get by in life. I want to rule in life. I want to reign. And God has called us to be kings and queens in our own life. Men, that's you're a king and women, you're the queen. Let's just make sure we get that right. But when Jesus, when scripture talks about the king, who is Jesus? The king of kings, right? The king of kings. Have you ever considered who the kings are in the king of kings? Jesus blessed you there, Tarot. Jesus is the king of kings. The king of kings. Who are the kings? We know who the king is. Who's king? Who's the king? Jesus. Who's the king? Jesus. Oh, thank goodness there's some confidence there. That's good. So, can I ask you this question? Who are the kings? What's that? Us. 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 You and me. We're called to be kings, to rule in life. How cool is that? So when Jesus is the Lord of lords, we know who the Lord is. Who's the Lord? Jesus. But who are the lords that he talks about? Us. He's our supreme priest, and we've been called to priesthood, to be a priest, to be able to minister God, to minister his love. Wow, there's all these, 
these positions that we've been given to, to us because of the cross. Our sins are taken away and then God has given us an exchange life. Everything that is Jesus's is now mine. It's now yours. How cool is that? Wow. Stop. And just consider that. That is amazing, isn't it? Now, the enemy would want to deceive you and make you think, oh, you know, you did this and you did that. You can't call yourself that. You can't say that you're, you're a king. You can't say that because I, I, I know what you did the other day. I, I know your thoughts. Can I say that? That's a, that's, that's a lie. That's the accuser of the brethren. Let's not agree with the enemy and let's agree with God's word. Are you ready to be an, agree with me? We're going to look at the look at scripture and we're going to agree with the scripture. And let's get our thoughts and realign them. Let's repent. Let's actually make an assessment of ourselves. Repenting is saying, yeah, all right, God, I was wrong. You're right. I'm going to align myself with your word, not what the enemy says, what other people say. I'm going to align myself with you. That is repentance. Not my way, Lord, but your way. Yeah. I want to see myself as you see me, not as I see me, not the way that those who would want to pull me down would see me. The enemy would certainly want to pull me down. But I want to see myself as God sees me. Is that good? And he sees us as reigning with him. We are those who reign with him. 1 John 5, 4, we read this. For everyone born of God is victorious. Say victorious. Victorious. And overcomes the world. Say, I overcome the world. You do. And I stand with agreement with you. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Now, this old flesh of mine, it likes to feel. Oh, I don't feel like doing anything. Who felt like getting up this morning to come to church? Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? You're one of the sleeping, it's Sunday. It's interesting, isn't it? But somewhere along the line, you, your spirit said to your, your flesh and says, get up, you lazy slob. It's like so this morning, I'm there, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to church. And Katrina had to say, come on, you've got to go to church. You're preaching. <laughs> now, this old flesh of mine, it wants to do one thing, but my spirit is aligned with God. We're, we've been told that our spirit is with Christ Jesus. Okay? And we want to follow the Spirit. You're going to follow the Spirit? Yes. Amen. Let's be those who follow the Spirit. Now, we have to live by faith. Now, I made an agreement uh, back in June last year. I, I made an agreement with this girl I met, this uh, pretty good-looking sort. <laughs> I made an agreement. I, I said to her, I said, I, I will. I will marry you. Now, my words and her words, we agreed that we will be married. It was an agreement. Now, it doesn't matter where I am now that I've made that agreement and I've actually signed the, <coughs> the papers and I had witnesses there. And those, that agreement now makes me Katrina's husband. Yes. No matter where I go, I'm <laughs> Katrina's husband. Now, whether I feel like it or whether I act like it, it's more likely her case, she's my wife. Whether she feels like it, having to put up with me. But the reality is there's a... That's right. You didn't need to agree on that point. 
But the reality is, we have made an agreement. There is a covenant that we've made. We've entered into a covenant that we actually now belong to one another. I no longer belong to myself, I actually belong to my bride. And my bride belongs to me. And it's a union in love that we care and look after one another. Now, God has made an agreement with us, and it's a blood covenant that he actually signed with his blood when he died on the cross, and he called us to be his bride. I know I don't look that, I mean, you know. But spiritually, each and every one of us is now united to God through covenant, and it's the same covenant that marriage is. It's an agreement by both parties. There is an agreement that's taken place. Now, we have the choice, do I live like I am, united with God, with, with Jesus, being the bride of Christ, or do I not? It's, the, it's our responsibility. And, and God is so beautiful. He never forces himself upon us. Have you ever noticed God forcing himself upon you? No, he never does. Because he's given us free will. And so every day we need to come and say, no, I will love my saviour. I will serve him. I will be his child. I'll be his bride. I will act accordingly because I now am united with God. And nothing can separate us because I'm in covenant with God. Jesus will, will never cast us aside. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But we have a choice every single day. Am I going to walk with Jesus or am I not? It's called faith. We walk by faith. We trust in God. We trust in his word. And, we, and when we walk and trust in God, we can rule in life. But I don't know about you, but I know from my places, when I've actually stepped away from living the way how <coughs> God wants me to do, I find that life tends to go a bit pear-shaped. But when I actually stick it in with God and walk every day with him, even though the storms of life comes, we can actually be victorious even in those storms. And those storms come to actually strengthen us. So our resolve is even stronger and stronger. Our faith grows in the struggle. And you may think, there's all these bad things happening. God's judging me. Can Can I arrest you in that point there? That point is from the enemy. That is not God's opinion for us. God's opinion is, is that you're so fantastic, I'm going to let you go through some struggles because I know it's going to strengthen you. Yeah. And you're worth it. Yeah. You're worth it. And those struggles that you go through, you'll come out stronger than, the, than you went in. When you couple yourself with Jesus and you have faith in him and you suddenly go, wow, look at that. I'm victorious. And the testimony usually always is, I couldn't have done it, it was God. It was God. God was with me and for me. We did it together. There's a togetherness that we have. And just like in marriage, marriage, marriages work when both parties are joined together and in agreement and work together for the same vision. Okay? If one party is not doing it, marriage is terrible. It's hard work. It's, one person might be trying really hard. The other person's dragging their feet. It's hard. But for husbands and wives, we work together. As Christians, we work together with God, and then we can reign in life. So I actually wanted today, I want to talk about our victory, our reigning in life, give you, give you four principles. And that first principle was faith. Have faith in God, trust in Him. Hebrews 11, 1, we read this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. Hope is a substance. Substances is something that's tangible. You can put your hand on it. I know through walking with God, I have a substance that I know that God will always come through, no matter what. I have a confidence. It's stronger than even the re- reality of seeing, seeing the things in this world. You know, the chair that you sit, sit in today, you have faith that it's not going to collapse. But I have faith in my God. The substance is that my God will never, ever, ever, ever let me down. How are you with God? Are you always doubting him? Are you listening to the enemy? Going, oh, because remember, the, the enemy had all put doubt. Doubt was his weapon that he brought in to Adam and Eve. Did God say? And we need to be those that say, I'm not going to listen to that voice. I'm listening to Jesus. My faith is in him. And I know that I know that I know that I know that he will always be with me. There's substance when it comes to faith. It's not hoping, you know, that, that you know, the, our colloquial hoping, well, I hope it's going to happen. I hope God comes through. Have you heard that kind of hope? That's not the hope of the gospel. The, the hope of the gospel is I know my God will come through. And that's faith. I know that my God is going to come through. And Jesus is my rock. Twenty-odd years ago, I actually went through divorce. My first wife, my children's mother, left us. I ended up being a, a, a single dad, looking after uh, my three younger kids. My eldest daughter had left home. And I really thought, wow, the storms of life, big storm, big storm when that sort of thing happens to you. And some of you may have experienced that storm. And I felt that I was actually, whoa, out of control. The storms of life were just really bothering me. But I discovered, I don't know if you've ever been swimming and got out of your depth. Who's been out of the depth when they're swimming? It's pretty scary, isn't it? And all you want to do is find something to put your feet on. And those waves are tossing you around. I consider that Jesus was like suddenly finding a reef in that big storm and you step on. You go, step up. Oh, oh, I found the reef. Jesus. I'm now standing on Jesus. Now the waves are the same size. Man. Okay, the waves are there. But I'm now standing on the rock. Because I'm standing on the rock, what was up here is now here. I can cope with it. This is my Jesus. This is how we put faith in Jesus. He's our rock. A firm foundation. He is the, he is the cornerstone that the builders rejected. The Jews didn't understand who he was. But Jesus is my He's my firm foundation. And we can build our lives on Jesus. And the promise is the storms of life will come, you know. Remember the story about the build on the rock and not upon the dirt. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) He's our rock. So when the storms of life come come in, make sure that your feet are firmly on Jesus. And can I tell you that life will bring silt. Life comes along and you'll suddenly find yourself, you're not... There's stuff between you and Jesus. Repentance and forgiveness. Come back to Jesus. Find yourself established with him and you'll find stability back in your life. But life will try to actually separate you from Jesus. And we need to be the ones that, no, I'm coming back to the rock. I'm going to stand on the rock, Jesus Christ. 
In Ephesians 2, verse 6, we read this. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us, seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Do you see yourself seated with Christ on his throne? Imagine yourself in heaven right now. If you were to, today, if God was to bring you home, where in heaven would you be? Would you be in the back of the room? Would you be in the front of the room? Would you be bold enough to step up and sit on the throne of God? The Bible says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated up there. And the enemy would want to make you think, no, no, if you can get in the back of the room, at least you got into heaven. No, 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 no. God says, hey, you down the back, come here, sit with me. Yep. Sit with me and rule with me. And that is our position spiritually right now, where we are in heaven. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, the enemy would want to give us a, give us a lie. The struggle between heaven and hell, or, or God and the devil, we would consider it's something that happens on the level. That here I am standing here, and God is trying to pull me one way, and the and the, the devil is trying to pull me this way. Come here, Roger. And so, no, no, no. And God's going, come here. And so I'm, I'm the, I'm, it's happening on this plane, this big struggle inside the mind. I'm trying to get pulled from one side to the other. This is a lie of the enemy. Because the reality is, Satan's down there. And I'm up here seated with Jesus. It's not horizontal, it's vertical. And I'm positioned up here with Christ. Now, my Christ, Jesus, my Lord and Saviour, he'd made a mockery of, of Satan 2,000 years ago when he hung on the cross and he took the keys of, of hell away from Satan. He's a, he's, a, he's a defeated foe down there. But he's down there go, pretending that he's got, still got power over me. But he doesn't. Because I rule with Christ now. That's how you rule too. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the name of Jesus has been given to us, so we rule and reign with his name because we're connected with him. The, the, the marriage in heaven has taken place, that everything that is Jesus is mine, and, and Satan's got no say. Now, well, Satan will try to deceive you. All he has is lies. He has no power over you. He only has lies. Yes. And yeah. you defeat lies, how? By the truth. And the tr you know the truth. If you know the truth, Scripture says, the truth free. will set you free. And many of us are living lies of, of identity, of who you think you are. Can I tell you that God has got an idea who you are? He sees you. You're beautiful. You're pure. You think, oh, no, you don't know what I did. No, 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 no. Your sins have been dealt with. 2,000 years ago, they got done, dealt with. My past sins are done. My struggles today are done. And my future struggles are all been dealt with on the cross. So when Jesus looks at me, he says, you're my perfect bride. You're my perfect, perfect follower. How beautiful is that? We live victorious because of what Jesus has done. We're not stuck in the battle. When Pastor Phil was talking, uh, preaching last week, he was talking about overcomers. Scripture says that we're actually more than an overcomer. So what's that all about, being more than an overcomer? Well, the image of, that I get for that is... A king would leave his kingdom and go out to war and he would bring back plunder from the battle that he won, right? Yeah. So he'd bring all these riches <coughs> back. 
Well, everybody that was in the kingdom waiting for the king to return received the plunder and they actually, they were more than overcomers because they actually got all the blessings from the overcomer but they didn't have to do the overcoming. How cool is that? They didn't have to even lift a little finger. But that's us because Jesus has done the complete work for us, for eternal life. And all that is his, he brings to us and his riches are ours, they're yours, they're mine. Is this good news? It's wonderful news. So we actually have to have faith that this has taken place. You need to say, my God is for me. He's with me. And he richly blesses me every single day. The scripture says his blessings are new every morning. Praise God for new mornings. (coughs) You may go to bed one night going, man, that was a hard day. But know that tomorrow God will bless you. Your slate is wiped clean and when we do fall, we can pick ourselves up and go, thank you Jesus that my sins are forgiven. Dust yourself off. Let's just keep going. You don't have to go back to go, I'm so sorry. Stop it. (laughs) You don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to do that. We just go, and the Holy Spirit usually goes, and you go, yeah, busted, yeah. Got it. Sorry, sorry, Jesus. Sorry, Holy Spirit. Thank you for, for your forgiveness. I, I'm sorry about that. And I move on. Yeah. That's how we work. Because everything that Jesus has done is mine, is now, is, is a complete work. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. We don't have to add to what he's done. So the second principle I want to talk about for us, for reigning in life, is Humility. In Philippians 3, 3, we read this. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Our humility is that we actually let God be God and we actually have to assume with true humility who he says we are. Humility is defined as can be defined with us like false humility will say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Scripture never says that when those who've asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Saviour, that we are, we are a sinner saved by grace. We actually are saints. The truth is that we are saints. I once was a, was a sinner. Who once was a sinner? But now we're saved by grace. So when God looks at us, We are saints and we have to receive that with humility and say, thank you, Jesus. We humble ourselves before him, recognise that God is God and I am his his servant. And with humility, we we can actually walk with that knowledge. And it's not, it's not, the pride will say this to you. It'll say, when something happens, you go, I resisted the devil by myself. I did it. I did it my way, a blue-eyes song. False humility, it says, God resisted the devil and I did nothing. God did it all. But our Christian walk is a unity. (coughs) We do things together. The the humble, the truly humble person says this, I assumed my responsibility to resist the devil and, and by the grace of God, I did. We're always connected with Jesus. We don't do anything separate 
from Jesus. Jesus never did anything by himself. He always did it with the Father. And we're now connected with Jesus and we do everything with him. So true humility is actually understanding that he is the one with all power and all authority and I actually have been called to be his servant, to be his representative and I can actually walk in and actually tell the enemy where to go. And we all need to get a bit strong inside and actually tell old hairy legs to rack off. And the enemy would always want to come in and lie and give you false ideas inside them, thinking that they're your thoughts. They may be ideas of saying, oh man, I'm useless, what an idiot. You know, have you ever had any of those thoughts? I might be one of the first ones. They're from the enemy. They're certainly not from, the, from heaven. And let's go, let's tell the enemy to rack off when those thoughts come. No, rack off hairy legs. Get off me, Satan. I mean, Jesus actually said to Peter, just after Peter had actually said, you are the, the son of the living God, then he actually said, challenges Jesus about getting, going to the cross. And Jesus turns around and says, you know, get, you know, get behind me, Satan. What? Peter? He was just doing, he, what he thought he was doing was right, but he, what he was doing was he was trying to see life his way and not what God's ways are. And sometimes certain things will come into our life that are struggles and you're thinking that actually God has allowed that because he's going to actually punish you to bring you that. No, 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 no. Let's see the challenges of life as actually being, nah, this is where I'm going to prove that God is with me. I'm going to prove it that he's, he's with me and I know he is. And we can be a witness to those around about us. I was really surprised when I went through my separation from my, my first wife. I was really surprised when people said to me, I had a guy working for us in our television ministry and he said, Roger, I've been observing you and the way that you've been carrying yourself through this season. And I've, he said, I've seen lots of people go through divorces and separations and you've done it like no one else and they go but I only just to me I'm just thinking this wasn't this guy wasn't a Christian and I'm thinking I just did it God's way I just allowed God's ways to handle the situation and we should always walk through hard times when we have conflicts or whatever it is that we show grace we show love we show we we show forgiveness we take responsibility you know, we don't just cast all the problems against the other person. In certain, we actually go, yeah, no, I did contribute to the problem. And I'm sorry about that and I'm repentant about it. But you don't pull down the other person. Anyway, he, this guy goes, you've done it like, I've never seen anyone do like that, that before. And I thought, wow. And my testimony wasn't in my brilliance when my life was going well before. My testimony ended up when I went through a struggle, when I went through the hard times. And that was where actually the, the proof of God... Yeah. God's power in my life actually gave me strength and people saw it and you might think that you don't have a you may you may think you don't have a testimony but some of your struggles have you ever stopped and thought man that struggle actually you know that can be my testimony that I'm going to be victorious when you put your hand with Jesus going through the hardest times you can actually come out and have a testimony there's a terrible old saying that says turn your test into a testimony and no one should ever say that but I just did or another one that's terrible and never should be spoken is turn your mess into a message but don't tell anyone I told you that but when we are truly humble when we're walking through those times we can actually allow God to work a miracle through our lives and we will reign humility if you try to do it yourself you will fall down. Yeah. Or the worst situation is that false pride builds up. 
and we know that pride comes before a fall. And, you know, the enemy is full of pride. Satan is full of pride. His pride was so great that instead of seeing himself humble before God in the position that God had put him, he thought, I am going to be like God. I want what he's given humanity and his pride has blinded him. So much so, have you really ever thought about that the pride of Satan caused him to put Jesus on the cross? Little did Satan know that him putting Jesus on that cross was going to be his demise. He couldn't see it coming. I think that's a story for all of us. Be careful with pride. The Apostle John, he says there's three things that will pull you up. And one is the lust of the eyes, what we look at and covet after. The lust of the flesh, the things that our flesh would pull us off to do to actually try to meet our needs just by, by fleshly desires. But the third thing he talks about is the pride of life. And Jesus, if you remember, when he came across the Pharisees who were full of pride, he just ridiculed them. He called them whitewashed tombs. And, he, and salvation didn't come to those guys. They couldn't even see that Jesus was their Messiah. They were blinded to it. <coughs> so let's be those people who show humility and not be prideful. Now, this is not to say that we should move then into a place where we go, oh, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. No, 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 no. That's false humility. And there actually comes a pride too when you actually start saying, oh, no, 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 not my little old me. It's like, no, you actually are a child of God and God has put his mantle upon you, his anointing is upon you, he's called you, and he's preparing you to do good works. And we receive them and say, thank you. And now we can walk around and say, Really, we need to be walking thinking, I am a servant of the Most High King. I'm clothed with royal garments. I've been equipped with the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the sword of the Spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, and my feet are shod with the gospel of peace, so wherever I bring, when people bears turmoil, I can come in and bring the peace of heaven. And I have this helmet, and I put that helmet on, and every thought is taken captive to the word of God that I am saved, the helmet of salvation. I am saved and I'm saved and I'm positioned with Jesus Christ. So I can walk with upright, with dignity. God has called each and every one of us to be statesmen and stateswomen for God. When you walk into the room, does the atmosphere change in a positive way? Where there's hope now. Where there was turmoil, you walk in, there's now peace. Oh, thank goodness you have arrived. Where conversations are going pear-shaped, you come in there and you turn the room around and bring hope. And the person who's being crucified by people's mean words, you actually stand up for them and defend them and bring some reality back and actually make people stand back and go, oh, that was out of line. We carry that. You carry that. Don't doubt it. This is what true humility does. We're not standing on our own strength. We're actually standing on the authority of God and what he has done for us. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? It's good stuff. Okay, so boldness is our third place that we need to be that we've been talking about here. Hebrews 10, 39, we read this. It said, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. You and I, we've got to be bold. You know, Paul actually asked to be prayed for. He says, make me bold. I want to be bold. Even the, the wonderful Apostle Paul was intimidated. 
But we need to be bold in our witness, boldly stand up against the world. And we're living in a time now where Christian ethics, Christian morals, Christianity as a whole has been cast aside by the world. And the, and the, and the principles of Christian Judaic morals have been cast away and they're trying to live in a different way. And we're actually now those who are swimming, we're swimming upstream. But we need to be bold. We need to be praying for those other people, Christians, that we would all be bold. Be bold. Be bold and strong, just like God said to Joshua. We're, we're in a battle. And we need to be those who are bold. Don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Turn to your neighbour and say, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Ephesians 6.13, we read this. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, after you have done everything to stand. Everyone stand. I see everyone. Attention. Remember that? Attention. At ease. All right, now, now uh, team, church, we're going into war today, okay? And the drill sergeant will be walking around, right, you know, stand up straight, yes, and fix that up there. Very good, very good. Yes, 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 yes. We're all ready for war. We're standing. We're standing. Consider your postures. Before I actually told you, there is a posture that every one of us has, and that is that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But when we're in the middle of the storm and we've done everything that we've been called to do, what do we do? We stand. And we stand in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're victorious. And we stand on his promises. He's yes and amens. He's the Alpha and the Omega. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We stand there strong. We stand united for one another. Gosh, and I'm going to go into war, and I'm so proud of you. We're going to whip the enemies. We're going to whip him. <laughs> Jesus has already done that. We all stand confident and bold. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. You may be seated. Are you strong? Standing. Let's read those who stand strong. It says, after doing everything to stand. Have you done everything? Have you done everything to make sure that your faith is strong and firm? <coughs> Have you taken away those things and taken every thought captive that doesn't align with the Word of God? Have you taken on the promises of God? We need to stand firm. To stand firm. Boldness stands on the promises of God. And the Scriptures are full of His promises. We need to know His promises. A yes and amen. Boldness keeps God's commandments without compromise. Jesus said this, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And his commandment was, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, everything, give him all, everything, all of it, and love your neighbour as yourself. That's his commandment, that's it. And we don't compromise in it. I'm going to love, I'm going to love, whether I feel like it or not, whether they deserve it or not, I'm going to love them, I'm going to love them. Because yep. we win people, we win the kingdom of God through love. Even our enemies we show love to. Yes. We give them blessings and we can boldly bless them. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. And they're going, what? No, I bless you. Really? Yes, I bless you. <laughs> what is it you're drinking? What is it? And we can give what witness because it's love. 
Love, love that will break through. But we have to be bold with our love. Are you bold with your love? Let's be bold. Boldness gives honour to God and recognises who He is. Have you got a good, firm understanding of who your God is? Have you looked up Scripture and studied all the different names that God has? Discover His full character. Understand our God is our all-sufficiency. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my everything. He is my all in all. We need to know who God is and not be confused about who He is. Have a confidence in who He is. We know that He is good, always good. He is faithful and He is just, but He is merciful. He always shows mercy, always show mercy, and at the end of the day, He dealt with justice by going to the cross and to deal with our sins. But for those who don't receive Jesus, their Lord and Saviour, Jesus can, God can only do one thing, and that is to actually judge them appropriately. And my heart is for boys and girls and men and women in this area, for all of Australia, all the world really, but the place where I can affect is this area here, in our church, that we need to be those who love and show those who don't know Jesus that Jesus' heart is towards them. That their sins have been dealt with on the cross, but they don't know it. So we need to be able to go up and position ourselves with someone, walk alongside them and share them the, the goodness and the love of God. People's hearts are longing to be heard. They're longing to be noticed. What we need to do, don't go in on conflict, challenging like that. Come alongside and then you'll have influence. We do that because we have a confidence in that God is for us and with us and his truth will set people free. Boldness stands on who God says we are in Christ. So we can stand confidently. If you, if you during the week, find yourself weak-kneed in your Christianity, you need to stop and go, hold on a minute. Didn't Jesus say, I'm a, I'm a king or, or a queen that I rule in life? I'm going to stop this behaviour. I'm going to actually be bold and stand <laughs> on who God says I am. Yeah. And as Pastor Julie has been leading with us, you know, I'm in the Father and he's, he's in me and I'm in him. Jesus, when we're one, and she's saying about Jesus as well and the Holy Spirit, stop and consider those truths. Because the enemy would want to actually make you think that you're, you're separated and then you'd start, to get not, you'd start to get weak. Scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the enemy would want to steal your joy. He'll do all sorts of things <coughs> and try to steal your joy. When you're driving down the street and you're trying to find that car park down over at Tugra and the place is parked out and you're just about to turn, you found a spot and you're about to turn in it and someone steals it from underneath you, right? You know, don't <coughs> let the enemy steal your joy. Say, blessed, I bless you with this parking spot. Have a wonderful day and go and find yourself another. Say, thank you, Lord, that you'll supply me a better one. Yeah. Do the exceedingly abundantly more. Instead of going suck and ruck and like Muttley, <laughs> like Muttley from um, Dudley Do Right or whatever, was it, you know? Suck and ruck and suck and Because if the enemy steals your joy, what goes out with your joy? Strength. Your strength. Have you worked it out yet? Yeah. Joy equals strength. No joy, no strength. We've got to be bold. Guard your heart. 
Guard your heart. Let's be bold. Because the enemy would want to intimidate you. 2 Timothy 1.7, we read this. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. We need to be those who actually say, no, nah, I'm not behaving that way, I'm going to behave this way. But we have not been intimidated. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Are you doing things all the time by fear? Oh, fear, 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 fear. Let's be those that hold on and go, I know. Try to work out, are you motivated by fear or are you walking by faith? Some of us have actually spent a lifetime walking in fear. And I want to challenge you today. How about you put that one down and, and be able to consider, just open your eyes. And I pray, Lord, that you will just open people's eyes right now. That they would see or sense, Lord, that when they're walking by fear and not by faith. And Lord, I just pray that your faith would come into their lives and that they would be, have faith in every single circ circumstance. And they're motivated by faith. We thank you, Lord, that your love casts out fear right now for every single person. There's no reason to fear, no reason to worry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the enemy would want to actually steal your, your strength by intimidating you. And they're lies. You know the old acronym for fear, don't you? False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. How many times have you worried about something that never, ever happened? Or you're worrying about something that you've got no power over yourself. You, you just don't have the power over it. And you're worrying about something that's somebody else's responsibility. If it's somebody else's responsibility, how about you just pray for them? Lord, I just pray for that person who's got control of that situation. Lord, that you'll give them wisdom, Lord, and they'll make the right decisions. Amen. Then I don't have to worry about it anymore. False evidence appearing real. Let's be those who stand strong. Now, I want to tell, talk about this. There's a couple of scriptures here that I think are really quite brutal. Are you happy to have a, a scripture that's brutal? Are you, are you up for it? I think I've built you up enough so I can knock you down. No, I mean, I built you up. You're going to be strong enough that you're not going to get knocked down. Okay, cool. All right. Hebrews 10.38, we read this. It says, And by my righteous one, but my righteous one will live by faith. We've just been talking about that. We're going to live by faith, not by fear. And I take no, what? I take no pleasure, whoa, I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. Do you find yourself shrinking back? Maybe today's the day that with making a resolve and saying, Lord, today I'm no longer shrinking back. Can you just pray that with me? Lord, today I'm not shrinking back. Let's be those who stand strong and firm. I don't want to go back. The children of Israel, when they got liberated from, from Egypt, it was hard going through the wilderness. They went, we want to go back. Let's, no, no, no. God has promises for you and me in the future. New things, new blessings. There's new people we're going to come across. And we need to actually reach out and take those. Because yeah. God's plan is for each and every one of us to actually build his kingdom here on earth we're taking ground we're not shrinking back we're bold are you bold i'm bold we're standing firm we're not those shrinking back another hard one this here we go it's just to make you feel squirmish maybe not but strong we go yeah it's not me 
Revelations 21, 7 and 8, we read this. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Who's for that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's read reading. But cowards, unbelievers, then he goes on, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulphur. This is the second death. Holy moly! What? But, you know, I can understand the corrupt, the murders, the immoral, all these ones, the witchcraft, you know, idol worshippers, the liars. Yeah, you know, most of us, you know, so we can understand that justice comes that way. But to put the cowards and the unbelievers in there, well, that's, that's serious stuff. We need to be the ones who actually, no, I'm standing in confidence. I have put all my faith in God. I'm not an unbeliever, I'm a believer. I am a believer. <laughs> Say it with attitude. I am a believer. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his promises. I believe he is my saviour. I stand strong in it. I'm a believer. I have faith in God. This is our boldness. I don't shrink back. Do you shrink back? No! Should be your resolve. Do you shrink back? No! Come on again. Do you shrink back? Pop here, pop, pop. The enemy doesn't like that. He's attacking the, the sound system. Okay. Well, I might get the musos to come up now, please, guys. How you going? All right? You feeling uplifted? Empowered? Ready to take on the day? Take on the week? Take on the rest of your life? Yeah, let's stand. We're, we're overcomers. We're overcomers. So the fourth principle I've got here, the reigning in life, is dependence on God. You know, this world would actually, it really encourages us, I and mean, it happens sort of in our schooling, we have to teach our children how to do things by themselves, you know, if you, I don't know, if, who's had their mum or dad dress them this morning? Now that you've grown up, that's pretty good, you know, we look after ourselves, you know, we're pretty good, oh, your wife has done it for you, okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay. We'll talk to Jerry later. Anyway, but the reality is that we're all grown up and we've been taught through life to actually be independent. But God's plan is for us to be dependent on Him. That you and I, our lives are actually, they're only a, a fraction of what they really can be until we actually surrender our hearts to Jesus and actually say, Lord, I'm connected to you. Just like Katrina and I, our, our lives are rich because of our marriage. It's, it, there's, there's a, we live in another level than our, when our singleness happened. The same thing for us as Christians. When we are in, united with God and we're fully dependent on Him, our, we'll find that our lives go from glory to glory. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life more abundantly. He is the God who actually wants us to do it exceedingly abundantly more in our lives. And it comes because of dependence on Him. It's a trusting in Him, having faith in Him, knowing He is our hope. We know that He is doing good things for us every single day. In John 15, 5, we read this. He says, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need to stay connected. We're not meant to be just running lives by ourselves. Our beautiful Heavenly Father has chosen to come and be one with us and to be united with us in spirit. And His Spirit dwells within you. Spirit dwells within me. I cannot get away from God. You can't get away from God. And we're called to actually listen to His Holy Spirit and be led by Him and have dependence on Him. And in that place, you'll actually find the fullness of life. Blessings will come your way. And we can be like the psalmist. In Psalm 100, he says this. He says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Here's us. He's made us. He made you and me. We are the sheep of His pastures. And in lands where there are no, no fences, and I've been over into the Middle East, the shepherd walks with the sheep. The shepherd is there. He smells the sheep. He smells like the sheep. He's in amongst them, right? He's there. He knows every sheep by name. This is our Jesus, our good and beautiful shepherd. He is with us, leading us through life. He knows you. He knows every single need that you have. Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? Let's be those who actually do not step back, but drawing closer to Jesus and listen to, listen to Jesus. So right now, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you ready to receive the riches of heaven? Say this prayer after me. Lord God, I thank you for everything you've done for me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven because of the cross. But Jesus, I thank you for all the riches you have for me. I thank you, Jesus, that I am seated with you in heavenly places. I thank you, Jesus, that it is by your faith that I now walk. I thank you, Jesus, that I can be bold and strong because of everything you've done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now that every single man and woman, every boy and girl that is in this house right now, Lord, Lord, that these truths will become a reality for them, Lord, as they press into you, Lord, that they're fully dependent on you. But any any desire to be separated from you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I come against that because that is from the enemy. I declare that every person here that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour 
is connected with you for all eternity. That your promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen. And Lord, I thank you that you're for us and your goodness is always towards us. Your face shines towards us. So Lord God, we praise you and give you all the glory and all the honor for there is only one name, Jesus Christ, that we live with, we walk with, we declare, we proclaim it. We thank you for your victory over the enemy and that 